Welcome to the Catholic Gentleman Podcast, where we discuss what it means to be a man who lives with virtue and how to act and grow in holiness in today's world. Why are sacramental marriages in the church down 75% in the last 50 years? Why did Sister Lucia of Fatima say that the final battle between Christ and Satan would be over marriage and the family, and are we living that out today? Today, my guest explains all of this. He raised and spent $20 million to figure out why Catholicism is in decline in America and what we men must do about it. He then created a program that was implemented in Jacksonville, Florida, and after four years of use, the city saw a 24% decrease in divorce rates. The whole city. So stay with us to learn the real reason why Catholicism is in decline in America and what can be done to change the course. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on another episode of The Catholic Gentleman. So blessed that you have decided to join us today. I'm really excited about today's episode with J.P. DeGantz. But before we get there, um, I want to thank all of our donors. I want to thank you guys that helped us uh, build a studio here um, locally in Texas so we didn't have to fly to Florida anymore. Uh, we just finished that run and we got we, we hit our goal. So thank you guys so very much. We're so blessed. Um, if you're looking to uh, support The Catholic Gentleman, you can head over to catholicgentleman.com slash support. Uh, uh, we everything goes into the Catholic gentleman to expand this reach to help the hearts and minds of men become men and to grow in holiness today. If you are just looking for more exclusive content, things that can really help you personally grow in holiness, we have our Catholic Gentleman Plus. Head over to CatholicGentlemanPlus.com where we have it broken up into three separate sections, the spiritual life, relationships with others, and self-mastery. And within that, you can really take a deep dive into a lot of these things that are so important, ruptures that occurred at the fall, and ways that we as men have to be working to correct those so that we can influence um, well ourselves and that we can grow in holiness and that we can influence uh, society and those around us uh, for the good bringing them to Christ. So as I mentioned, diving right in, I am blessed to be joined by J.P. DeGantz. J.P. DeGantz, he's the founder and president of Communio and the co-author of a book, Endgame, The Church's Strategic Move to Save Faith and Family in America. That's a great title. Uh, JP is also the author of the nationwide study on faith and relationships. He helped lead an initiative that actually raised and spent $20 million uh, seeking to identify the most effective strategies to boost marital health, family stability, and church engagement, which we all know if you're listening to this episodes and listening to pod, this podcast, we talk about frequently. Their work drove the, them down, uh, actually drove down the divorce rate in Jacksonville Florida by 24%, which is incredible. I think it was over like four years or something. So we'll have to talk about that. He is a husband and father. He lives in Virginia with eight of his kids. JP, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? Hey, John, I'm awesome. It's great to be here. And uh, we're, we're threading the needle here, getting this in before I have to run out for football practice. So this is good stuff. Amen. Um, that's good. I um, want to start out by just hearing a little bit about you. Uh, what got you into, uh, first off, you noticed that there there was this big issue, right? There's this steep decline in Christianity, the steep decline in Catholicism here in America. You, you yeah. were doing something that made you aware of this reality. And then as a man, you decided to take action on it. So I'd love to hear what were you doing that, that helped uh, you understand this? And then, and then really what was the inspiration to go deeper and try and try and solve this problem? 
you know, uh, uh, gosh, uh, I, like a lot of people, I came to Washington, D.C. to try to save the country by focusing on politics, right? And mm. uh, uh, and so you're welcome, fixed everything and decided yeah. to do something else. Um, just kidding. I um, uh, It was through that process. Uh, I was very faithful parents, got very interested in the life issue, came to D.C., motivated on the life issue and uh, uh, was involved in, in uh, various types of independent, what you would call independent expenditures outside efforts to mm. affect public policy outcomes. Uh, and it became more and more clear to me that, uh, uh, that uh, what was going on in our nation, particularly in its political, in the political life of our country, is really just, is, is really heavily influenced by what's going on in our society and culture at large, right? Now, I'm not going to, it's, I think it's overstated at times that uh, culture is upstream of, of politics. It is. There's bilateral causality. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So politics can change, can, can change culture, right? Um, yeah. And, um, but, uh, but trying to change our world through politics alone is a fool's errand. And, okay. um, uh, and, and so it, uh, for me, my, uh, it was a God redirected me on a, um, on a personal level, about 15 years ago, my sister's family failed. And um, I was close with my sister, but she had cut all, most of, uh, of everybody off in the family because she was in an abusive marriage. Yeah. And, um, and, and through that, she had become homeless and hadn't told anybody. And wow. she had four kids of her own and um, went into a homeless shelter. And the oldest was 15. And they said, well, he has to go alone with the men. And uh, thanks be to God, she was realized that, that was a bad idea. And oh, she called goodness. my uh, me and my wife and asked us if we would take her kids in. And uh, I, I, my wife didn't hesitate. Uh, I wish I could tell you the same thing about myself. And she bought the Amtrak tickets. They, they came up on uh, the Amtrak from, from Norfolk and was were picked up at the Quantico train station. And uh, that changed her life. Uh, I saw wow. what happens when families fail on such a... A deep level, and uh, there's wounds that um, that will be with those kids for the rest of their life, right? And um, uh, and uh, that gave me a desire to affect change around marriage and the family. And we had some friends in our church that our parish they had all the right externalities, right? Men yeah. leaders in the men's group, six kids, send them to you know to a Newman Guide School, things of that nature. Sure. And um, and uh, in two occasions, the husbands left. Um, just uh, disappeared. And uh, we realized there's just something uh, deeply wrong uh, w in our culture around, around marriage oh, and, and wow. family. And, uh, and in, in my professional life, I, I saw how actually it, 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 so much was in the political world was influenced by it. I, I had a conversation uh, with the chief of staff of, of Governor Doug Ducey from the state of Arizona back in 2015. And he shared with me that in his opinion, right, 80 uh, percent of the of the state of Arizona spending on an annual basis was the result of the breakdown of the family. Oh, okay, wow. so so you, you can't escape this upstream. Uh, it, it drives everything. Uh, yeah. uh, and so that's those are you know, that's the you, you ask what, what got me to understand that this was up. I'd say this was the thing that that's really the. Uh, the core of the journey. And so I, I took a lot of my old life. i worked in, you work in public policy. There's a lot of strategy that you use to affect mm -hmm. change, right? 
And I said, well, gosh, what if we baptized and sanctified a lot of the strategy and uh, the way you go about solving problems and and uh, sanctify, bring it into the service of the church, right? To, yeah. to do things like instead of uh, winning an election, what if you actually use it to to help uh, draw people in to, uh, to strengthen their marriage, to, to do the things that are necessary to live a Christ-centered life? Uh, life in their marriage, right? And and so that created that was the the journey that we set out. And that when you mentioned uh, the twenty million dollar project that we spent to to ultimately we, we lowered the divorce rate twenty four percent in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we worked with a a group of what ended up being ninety three churches across Duval County Catholic parishes, Southern Baptist churches, different denominations mm-hmm. uh, under the an initiative to um, to uh, in, invite folks in uh, to to those churches and 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 improve their marriage and the net net was was that sharp decline in divorce and we had scholars from uh, that were skeptical of our work they were uh, philanthropists skeptical of our work who funded an independent evaluation meaning we, we didn't pay for it and Got they it. wanted to see if this was real right yeah and uh, Dr. Brad Wilcox uh, led it at UVA. There was a separate uh, study done at a Florida State University. Some scholars from BYU were involved and um, found there was no explanation for the decline demographically in that county except our intervention. And um, wow. uh, that's about the most enthusiastic endorsement you can get from a social scientist. And uh, so, so, <laughs> so, so that was anyways, go ahead. Uh- I have a couple of things I, and I don't want to go down this, um, too far, but is your sister in a better situation or is, we still need prayers? Yes. Should we? No, she's in a, uh, she is very healthy now. She's doing well. Uh, she's, uh, uh, seeing my family regularly. Uh, God. uh, my brother, I have a brother who's a Catholic priest down in, in okay. Florida. Uh, and, um, and my, my folks are down there and, and that's where she lives. So excellent. They're, so they're, thank you. I appreciate uh, you sharing that. I'm sure a lot of listeners like me were, um, were hopeful. And, and so I'm glad to, glad to hear that. I'll say, uh, let's talk about the numbers a little bit. Let's talk about like, so we all in, um, we all hear things, we read things, you know, like I can tell you that I've, I've read recently that, uh, it's now what 41, 42% of, of children born in America are born in fatherless, um, homes that the age of marriage is, is, is greatly increasing. You know, I, I can't remember the numbers, but we're talking like people are getting married now 10 years older now than they were back in the, even the seventies and you know, these sort of things. So can we get into some of the numbers just to lay the groundwork about like how bad this problem is here in America uh, when it comes to uh, marriage? I'd love to hear that from you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take the bait and be your prophet Jeremiah here. It's (laughs) it's bad, right? It's bad. Uh, You go back. So, so the number of people getting married has dropped, um, has has dropped thirty one percent since the year two thousand, and it's dropped uh, dropped sixty one percent since the year nineteen seventy. Okay, depending on how you analyze Kara's data, um, which is uh, the Catholic think tank in in Georgetown, Got uh, it. and they keep every data every five years on sacraments and and what have okay. you. It it looks like uh, Catholic marriage sacramental marriages are down about seventy five percent since. Uh, since 1970, right? So, so um, it's changing everything about our country. It's changing everything about who we are as a people, right? There's oh uh, there's a, an expression that sometimes said that marriage civilizes men. Okay, and I know Mrs. DeGans uh, agrees with that sentiment. <laughs> and uh, uh, in, 
And uh, we are, men and women are deeply wired for purpose. Okay. We're Mm. teleological animals, right? That's right. And uh, men derive most normatively and and the common path to grow in holiness is marriage. And we derive our sense of purpose most frequently from being married and, and raising kids. Okay. That's Mm. the, the, and, and what we're seeing is there's a lot of purposeless men, uh, men who lack purpose. And um, for sure, uh, you're seeing that in in the lowest numbers in our uh, ever recorded of of uh, able bodied men participating in the workforce. OK, yeah, uh, continues to 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 be at all time lows. And yeah. uh, uh, it's it's so so that's uh, what a lot of times folks in the church don't get is how that is the cause, right? Like that's the fulcrum yeah. for the collapse of Christianity in the West and in the U S in particular, and of Catholicism as well. Is, is the lack of, of commitment to marriage, would you say? Well, it, it, well, it's so, um, there's a lot of discussion of what causes religious non-affiliation. Okay. Okay. Um, most of it's wrong. Okay. Okay. And, and most of it, is so there, there's uh, or let's just say it's in. I think the, the 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 more precise way is it's inadequate. It's just it it's mm. just doesn't say enough. Okay, um, uh, almost all ge- uh, falling away of religion is accounted for in the, what you call generational succession, meaning it's just okay. the re- one a young when kids become adults they believe less than the adults before them. Okay, which causes uh, a lot of people to focus on 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 youth ministry, right? So so yeah. young people are falling away, and we're going to focus there. Okay, the reality is is uh, it's caused by the collapse of family structure. Okay, mm. so eighty percent. So in our nationwide study on faith and relationships, which any of your listeners can can download for free, you go to camino.org we'll backslash study. Oh, there you go. And yep, um, great. so so uh, uh, you can. We looked at 19,000 completed surveys of people wow, on, in church awesome. on Sunday. Okay. And this, the surveys were done in a hundred and 112 different congregations in 13 different states, uh, evangelical churches, different types of Protestant churches and Catholic parishes. Okay. It was a really robust data set. Four out of five people, that's 80% of everybody sitting in the pews on Sunday grew up in a home where mom and dad stayed continuously married. What really popped out was that trend held regardless of age. So a 23-year-old or a 28-year-old or a 34-year-old or a 45-year-old or a 56-year-old, they all came from basically the same family structure, meaning about 80% of everybody grew up in a home where mom and dad stayed continuously married. Now, Mm. anybody who's, when we've just talked about this revolution that we've just talked about in marriage and family structure, right, which which is a great way to open this conversation, you look at the decline of people getting married, okay, uh, you would expect that... Um, the pews would look more representative of the world around us, right? So if, if um, today, over the last 10 years, uh, somewhere around 45% of everybody under the age of 30, okay? Okay. Only 45% of them have grown up in a home with continuously married parents, okay? Mm-hmm. So you would expect 
right? The pews would, would reflect that. If you're talking to somebody in their 20s or in church, about 45% of them would uh, be from that family structure. The rest wouldn't be. But that's not what we yeah. find at all. Okay. Uh, all, all they, if you grew up in a home where, where there was a married dad, okay, and I go into this, this is the key finding. The, mm. the, if there's a married dad in the home, you're about twice, you're, 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 you're more than twice as likely to be there in church on Sunday. Okay. And that's the missing ingredient. What's, what's collapsed is uh, the number of people living in homes with married dads is, is, uh, is conti has continued to decline. I note in the study that, that religious non-affiliation will keep growing no matter how much money is spent on youth ministry. So long right. as, so long as the number of married dads continues to grow and it will grow 25 to 30 years after it stops growing. Okay. So, okay. so like if you want to bend, bend the needle, you actually have to get upstream and start really focusing on helping people get married, stay married. Okay. Uh, having kids in marriage. That's the, yeah. that's the whole shooting match. So that I understand this, but the change won't be realized for 25 to 35 years. Is that what you're saying? So yes. yeah, basically. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Absent. Look, I, I know this in the study, the Holy spirit can do anything he wants. Of course. He's not limited yeah. by any of the data that I'm, that I'm sharing. Okay. Uh, absent a, a miraculous intervention by the Holy Spirit, okay, uh, the, the, the only way you see a revival is a revival of the sacrament of marriage, right? That, that's, yeah. That's, that's the path. And um, uh, the, where we're, we're spending our dollars, right? We, we need to be good stewards of the resources God gives us, right? Yeah. And uh, we did an analysis. I put it in the end game. Uh, uh, the book I co-authored and we look at, we estimate four to $6 billion is being spent each and every year on youth ministry and youth discipleship. Okay. Four wow. To six Here billion. in America. So like over a decade, just in the U S just in the U S. Yeah. So if you just look at, that means you're talking about 40 to $60 billion per decade is being spent. Yeah. So what that, what that means uh, is we have never spent more money to transmit our faith to our young people. And what that also means is we have never in the history of the church been less effective at transmitting our faith to our young people. And that's because <laughs> youth ministry is not, um, or the lack of it, or the lack of effective youth ministry, that isn't the cause of why people are falling away. And it ain't the solution. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't want to come out here and say, to, I don't want your listeners to conclude that JP is against youth ministry. I'm not. I, I love oh, focuses. No. For instance, I've supported, my wife and I have supported focus missionaries and focus for a long time. It's, it, it's uh, uh, one of the greatest gifts to the church. What I'm saying is we shouldn't delude ourselves for what it, what that work is. That work is yeah. it, it, vitally important. It is a search and rescue mission, right? I do the analogy to a fire. Imagine that yeah. Maui fire going on that so many people tragically died. If that's going on, yes. you're not going to say, well, gosh, what we should have done is prevented that fire in the first place. We, we need to get right. upstream of the fire. No, no, you'd run into the fire and get everybody out that you yeah. can. That's youth ministry. That's right. Okay. Yeah. You can run in and save every life you can, get everybody out of that Maui fire that you possibly can. And then you're going to say, gosh, how do we stop these fires it's from ever happening? Yeah. And, and that's what effective relationship ministry does to equip both young people, those remote from marriage, those close to marriage, those in marriage, to 
to be ordered well to the discernment of that vocation, right? It's the most yeah. common vocation. Okay. And so um, I'm hearing so many different things and I'm going to jump in here and say, so, I mean, this is something that socialists, right, really understood, right? The long game, if you will, that they, that they were going to play into, um, breaking apart society. It wasn't so much a, uh, we're going to see this in our lifetime, but we know as long as we put this into play and into the action, um, we're going to, it's going to eventually, you know, our grandchildren or our children's children, children, et cetera, are going to be the, um, recipients of this. Um, and so I'm hearing from you that, <laughs> the church has not been great at that, uh, playing the long game and we need to be moving towards the long game and really getting together and discerning this and then making those changes. But at the same time, we see that your study there in Jacksonville, uh, had immediate, uh, effect. Is that right? Uh, with 24%. Right. Um, that, yeah. yeah so, you I can, mean, it's, it's not, you can change it's not hopeless. It. Yeah, absolutely. No, Let's try right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about changing these things and 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 really whatever direction you want to take it. But I do I'm really fascinated by this idea of this long game of of, of 25, 35 years. I think that that's um, uh, so true. And obviously, we think of in Old Testament, we bring it up from time to time, where you know the the sins of the father will be passed along seven generations. And really, it's because you screwed up that bad. <laughs> it doesn't take that long for for these things to. Uh, to fix, you know, or be fixed or healed, if you will. And, and the yeah. same can be said about, um, the negativity that, that we're doing. And if it's just perpetuated in, in loop, we get the statistics and the numbers that we're looking at today. So let's talk a little bit about that, uh, that long game. Yeah. It, look, the, the reality is right now, I think it's important for us to get a, be clear eyed and understand where we are at the moment. Okay. 85% of all us churches and 82% of all Catholic parishes reported in a survey we commissioned with the Barna Group that they spend zero dollars annually on marriage and relationship ministry. Okay, so Yikes. when I talk to bishops and I talk to priests, uh, I, 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 I give no quarter on this issue. Yeah. Okay, because priests and bishops will simultaneously tell us that, ma of course, JP, marriage and the family is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Most important building block. It, it's that's right. It's the it's the core building block for society. Okay, society. That's right. Let's. Let's bracket that and go like, I want to believe you, right? <laughs> so, so then let's look at what you're spending your money on because that would should inform us as to how important it is because you told me that it's the most important thing. That's right. 82% of your parishes spend nothing on it. So, mm. so you know that old Maury Povich meme, yep. you know, the survey, you know, I looked at the survey, it turns out it's a lie, right? Like that's, yeah. it's, we have a cognitive disconnect, a yes. cognitive disconnect. Okay, we as a church, the theology of the body was a great gift to the church. Sure. Familius Consortio was a mm -hmm. great gift to the church. That apostolic exhortation written and uh, uh, issued in 1981 or 82. And um, uh, that those ideas haven't really trickled down into the life of the average parish. How do we, uh, yeah. and I, I, I want to compliment um, the, the, the congregation, uh, the dicastery, for Lady Family and Life Castry. under Pope yeah. Francis, they just they just issued, a, I think, a phenomenal document um, that I actually have happen to have here: Catechumenal oh, Pathways for Married Life. Okay, okay. Uh, this is a, a really a, a wonderful document that shows that at the highest levels, there's an understanding that we need to actually form and accompany people for the sacrament of marriage, and it it, it talks 
again, about this idea of remote preparation for young people and coming alongside young people. So that's really important uh, that that at the highest levels, there's some some recognition here pastorally. Right. Okay, Uh, I will say. Um, we've, as you noted, we, we showed that you can, you can move this stuff. It's not intractable. It, it, Jacksonville, Florida is an NFL market. We moved, uh, the divorce rate 24% in the entire County, right? It's a County yeah. of almost a million people when we were yeah, doing the it. Entire, you're not okay. just talking about Christian denominations no. in general, just the this entire was, County, 24%. This, this was is the entire incredible. County, right? Yeah. Now, I wow. will say in the, another example that is, should be relevant to anybody listening. Okay. If Sacramento, uh, marriages are down, I said, on the Catholic side, somewhere close to 75% since, since 1970. Uh, mm. But uh, priestly ordinations are only down 38%. So I want to give an example as to, if you think about that, <laughs> priests don't spring from sacramental ooze, right? Like they, they no. come from uh, Catholic marriages, typically. And yeah. what, what that number s- should suggest to your listeners is that actually deliberate work to promote a vocation, a lifelong vocation, uh, can be successful and fruitful in producing more of that vocation. We're getting about twice as many priests as you would expect that you should, given the number of sacramental marriages that exist now. Mm. Okay, and so that also means that if we became deliberate about promoting the vocation of sacramental marriage, we could actually also change that. Okay, so that's incredibly important for the local parish to to actually own that. Right? Uh, yeah. There's a phenomenon. Uh, of uh, our ministry, uh, my ministry, Communio, which is a nonprofit that exists to equip the local church to evangelize through the renewal of healthy relationships, marriage, and the family. Okay. We want to help folks at every life stage to form healthy, godly relationships that can lead to a sacramental marriage. Okay. And there's not everybody will... um, will uh, be able to enter into a sacramental marriage. Okay. So helping those folks have a, a healthy, healthy friendships, healthy, healthy Christian relationships within the parish. Okay. To, to, to live a life of fidelity to the gospel super is critically important as well. Uh, helping those who uh, are prep, preparing for marriage, helping those who are married, that, that they can grow in holiness. Right. And, That's right. and to help those in crisis. And I want to double click on those Right. Uh, too many times at our parish, what we do is, is I don't have a vocation to be a man. I have a vocation to be a married man. That's what God, like, that's my vocation. I am a man. Yeah. I have chosen to, uh, I have, uh, uh, thanks be to God, I am sacramentally married and uh, I need to grow in holiness through that. And at the parish Amen. level, we need to e- equip our couples to grow in holiness together, right? And so I, yeah. I, I usually ask priests, I say, look, if you come, if, if, if I told you I went on a spiritual retreat last week and I said that in a group setting, most people would say, well, that's really great. I'm so glad you went on a spiritual retreat and you're really yeah. diving into your, into your faith, or diving into your walk with the Lord. Okay. But if, a, a moment later, uh, somebody else said, you know, uh, John, I, I, my wife and I went to a marriage class last week and went to a marriage retreat last weekend. Okay, and then I always add, I pause there. Okay, what do you think is going on in my life if I said that? Yeah, the marriage is falling apart. Yeah. Right. If, if we're honest with yeah. ourselves, most people will assume, oh, there's something wrong there. Uh, what yeah. I'm here to tell you is that's the enemy. Okay? Yeah, amen. Um, okay, that's the enemy. And uh, I, uh, uh, and that has to be destroyed at the parish law, at the most you know, the lowest level of subsidiarity that we can. It has to, uh, we have to have a metanoia mindset shift. I'm going to be only be yeah. as, there aren't a lot of people, if I'm married, 
I'm probably not going to heaven by myself, and I sure as heck ain't, I'm not going to go to hell by myself, probably right. in my mm-hmm. sacramental marriage, right? And so help me in my principal mission of helping to get my wife to heaven and then my children to heaven, help me to love my wife better, right? Like that needs to be part of the normal, that there's nothing wrong with that. This is what we do. It's how we grow in holiness, right? And uh, and so that's the, you know, we work right now with 159 um, churches around the country, uh, uh, Catholic parishes, um, uh, and Protestant churches, they, they have to be Trinitarian churches uh, that are sound on, on the definition of an understanding of, of marriage. marriage. And, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, uh, and so we're, we're seeking to produce this metanoia uh, it, it, at the local church level where, where this becomes normative, right? Because we've shown that you can, when a lot of churches work all at once in one place, you can produce a shift. What we want to do is now shift, shift the church to understand that that this is the great evangelizing need of the 21st century. Amen. Well, I praise God and I appreciate you sharing that. And I'll just add a brief story here for our listeners. Uh, when my wife and I got married, we were on fire. We were madly in love. Uh, we had a priest though, who was like, Hey, you guys should come and see me for some spiritual direction. You're newly married and you know, a year in and chances are, there's some confusing aspects of it. My wife was like, absolutely on board. And I was like, I don't need to go to it. We're doing great. This is, this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but we ended up going and it was phenomenal. We ended up going, seeing him uh, three or four times. And it was because we had a parish priest like one that you're, you're wishing there was more of who just, you know, was like, you guys are newly married. Let's come talk about it, you know? And, and it was, it was incredible. And so we just dug into our miscommunications, our misunderstandings of each other, um, our desires for the other and things like that. And, and those that never, next couple of years of, of talking through that um, were, were really eye-opening for me. And I will say that as much as me and my pride was hoping to go and be like the priest, be like, yeah, your, your husband's got it right. Why don't you, why don't you get along with what he's doing? Um, it was not the case at all. And we had a very good marriage. So thanks be to God uh, for that and, and for what you're doing here. So I do want to talk a little bit uh, before we before we talk so much about healing the uh, ineffective or non-existent um, um, marriage help and assistance and, you know, um, at the parish level, let's talk a little bit about men. Because we do have this culture here that's not supporting these strong marriages. Uh, we have a culture here that kind of lends itself to um, men just being perpetual boys. And, uh, and we see things such as... Um, um, on one spectrum, you've got men who are afraid to talk to, to girls, um, or afraid to talk to ladies, even at the parish level. Uh, they, they, they're afraid of rejection, so they don't bring it up. And at the other end, you've got a bunch of guys who are very casual in their relationships with women, not, not r- seeing the dignity, seeing them as something to use. Um, how do we change that? How do we fix, uh, that, uh, that's such broad spectrum that the culture has just indoctrinated men uh, to experience or, or believe. Look, uh, there's no doubt that uh, second wave feminism, as it's been manifested, uh, one of the core uh, elements of it as it's in, uh, impacted the educational system is, has, has been to basically treat boys like broken girls. Okay. Yeah. And, and boys are not formed to uh, there's, uh, 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 boys and girls are different. They're fundamentally different, right? Uh, down to there's over three thousand genetically linked sex differences be- yeah, uh, three between wow. uh, uh, between men and women, and uh, da- it goes into uh, a boy's even in the cellular structure of our eyes are different. 
Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, okay, uh, our the shape of our eye cells makes it easier for us to be attracted to motion, and and uh, and and whereas a girl's eye is going to be the cellular structure is more uh, inclined uh, uh, to color and uh, and actually uh, round shapes, which is one of the reasons uh, boys and girls uh, boys if you give a boy any you know you've got sons I've got sons. When you ask them to color, they always are going to color in mono, almost always in monocolor yeah. and some action scene, probably a plane flying down and blowing something up. Okay. Something like that. Okay. It has occurred girl, in my house many times. No. Right. Right. And my daughter is going to, you know, probably color this beautiful landscape, lots of colors and a still. Okay. We, we are uh, in, in school. Okay. Wow. Uh, a teacher is going to say, oh, Johnny, why don't you? Oh, that looks like a very violent. That dinosaur is eating the head off that guy. Maybe we should do something that's less, you know, uh, less violent there, and, mm-hmm. and maybe use more colors like Judy over here, right? So they start at a very early age to get this idea that that the way they're wired is broken. Okay, so yeah. so we have to acknowledge that. And we have to acknowledge that, um, you know, as as parents, as dads. Okay, we have to come in and help form our young men well, right, for authentic yeah. masculinity. Amen. Okay, and. Um, and that's discipling and forming them on, on uh, uh, early on. We, we, you know, I, when I talk to groups, I talk to uh, around, around the country, and I, and I note to parents, I said, look, how many times do we talk to our kids about getting great grades, getting on the great sports team, okay, and um, uh, getting a great job, career? And let's add up all those times and all that uh, uh, we talk to them. How often do we talk to them about uh, discerning who they couple up with, uh, discerning a spouse? Are they, are they, are they discerning marriage and and? And doing so early on, right, and helping them understand uh, things to avoid and things to um, uh, in a in a potential in a potential spouse, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That's something. Those are conversations that should happen in the most remote uh, period, and that's what I, I I love about this particular uh, Vatican document that uh, this that it jives with so much of what we know it needs to ha- needs to happen. So so we certainly need uh, need to do that, and then we have to destroy. Uh, I'll note the destroying the, the, the capstone idea of marriage, and I can say more about that, but that has infected, um, yeah. that's infected when so much of the churches said, and our families. It's so true. When you said um, it needs to happen in the most remote, are you speaking of like when the kids, not when they're 16 and discerning relationships or post-puberty, but, but prior to that, that's what you're, that's what you're getting yeah, at. Yeah, as a friend of mine said once, he said, look, the, the time to talk to your daughter about dating is before she rides home on a motorcycle at the age of 16 with a guy named Viper, <laughs> right? Like, like the, right. You, at that point, you've probably waited too long, okay? Yeah, that's right. So, so that, those conversations uh, need to happen. Uh, you can be, they can be introduced to ideas around theology of the body, ideas around dating ideas around uh, um, um, uh, when you know, what to look for um, in a spouse or so my my, um, my co-author of Endgame is a guy named John Van Epp. He's an evangelical Christian. He's a psychologist. He's an amazing guy. He's been a pastor. He uh, uh, counsels couples. But I partnered with him because of his uh, because of his expertise around the single life. OK. Yeah. And um, uh, and he's written a book that I'd commend anybody, which is how to avoid falling in love with a jerk. Uh, okay. uh, I've gone over that uh, book with my teenagers. Okay. This was not the first time we talked about such things, but it's a super, um, uh, it's a super uh, practical read on how to, 
discerned. He, he in, introduces these five dimensions of attachment. Okay, and we go into it in, in Endgame, the book, and those five mm-hmm. science-based uh, dimensions of attachment. Uh, uh, actually, it's funny. I got I have to have this right next to me visually, so I can show whoever's looking at. It, but I'll explain. Oh, terrific! It. This is his relationship yeah, attachment model. Okay? okay, so no. So imagine a soundboard. If you're just listening to this, imagine a, a soundboard, and you've got no trust rely, commit, touch, moving from one side to the other. Let's say from the left side of your dial to the right with, with no trust, rely, commit, touch. Okay, so any t- nothing to the right, no, no uh, knob to the right should be higher than a knob to the left. So, so mm-hmm. I'll say this out loud so that folks would, would visually understand. You never trust more somebody more you never move trust up higher than, than how much you know them, okay? okay. Uh, you, you're always going to trust them lower than you know them. And For you don't sure. rely on mm. them more than you trust them. Yeah. And you don't commit to them more than you rely on them. If you're not really relying on them, then, and this is one of the challenges in dating, we immediately move to, we, we can do, sometimes we, we, we become immediately like spouses when we're not even yet, these things are out of whack. And then, of course, we move sexual touch and, Immediately, immediately, as if we're as if we're you know we're married before we've we've we we much after we know their name, and right. so then then when we violate this sort of ordering, and then our relationship breaks, um, then we um, then we wonder. Um, why we feel the way that we do, right? We've yeah, we actually given disorder. something that was intended that was intended uh, for for someone for the rest of our life. We we gave a deep portion of ourselves, and, and and so if you want to understand why su- depression, suicidal ideation, all that is out of whack, it's because we've we've given something of permanence, something from that sexual touch phase too uh, too quickly, right? Too quickly, yeah. and and, and um, so so. Uh, it's funny, my, my daughter, who's now 15, we read it when she was 13. Uh, I, w- I would encourage, of course, any parent who's reading that book. I, I read it out loud to my kids. Yeah, um, great. You read it before and then read it to them. Okay, as a for instance, the last chapter is on sex. It's not a faith-based book. He is a faith-based guy, but he was writing for yeah. a secular author. And he gets to all of uh, conclusions that are consistent uh, with the deposit of faith, I believe, uh, but okay. he's doing it without an appeal to scripture and theology, right? He's trying to convince people uh, yeah. in a deeply secular way. Meet them where they're at, absolutely. Way, right? as, a, yeah. as, a, as Augustine said, all truth is God's truth. And, That's um, right. And I think there's some, some, some really great, great stuff in there uh, for, for parents and for us. For anybody who's a single guy thinking about this and, and listening to this, uh, uh, I think that's, that's criti- uh, critically uh critically important. And then we got to disabuse our idea that that capstone mindset, right? Of our kids early on. I talked to them about my kids, own kids about, uh, uh, marriage being the most important relationship in building a life, right? Historically, this idea, uh, the, the capstone idea is this, as as the term sounds like capstone is the last stone laid in building a building. And so you go out, what we've been told is go in, uh, go get a great, a great education, great, great job, pay down debt, get yourself stable first, man, get yourself stable. And then 
go get married, right? And yeah. Catholic parents mm. have imbued this as much as the rest of the culture. There's a oh, great book sure. written by Dr. Mark Regnerus uh, called The Future of Christian Marriage. It talks about this. Okay. There's a lot of problems to it, not least of which is, is it extends, it increases the average age of marriage. And what we know definitively and from a science-based way, every year that the age of marriage is increased in a nation, the, there is the, a, a proportionate percentage increase of people who will never marry. And so wow. uh, if we're comfortable... Uh, and what we also know of those who, who never marry, on average, they're much more lonely and isolated, and they have worse, much worse health outcomes. So if we're interested oh, in sure. our kids dying in their late 50s uh, uh, of liver cirrhosis or being depressed, and um, then certainly let's keep doing what we're doing, right? Because we're, we're right. crank on that, right? But if we're interested in something else, we actually have to lean in boldly into the, against the culture and help them understand that that. Uh, it, uh, that it will lead generally uh, to greater levels of unhappiness. Yeah, wonderful. Well, and and let's talk just about that. I want to talk about some of the strategy, some of the action, right? We need to be men of action. We yep. need to be men of intent. Um, and so if you could, when talking about a little bit of the strategy, um, I mean, we're speaking to men here. Uh, there's going to yep. be a lot of single men listening, a lot of married men listening, and definitely churches. I'll let you take it uh, whatever direction that you have, but I'd love to hear what sort of sort of action items or strategies did you guys employ to bring such great success there in Jacksonville and beyond? So, yeah. Okay. So first, let, let me, so I'm going to first talk about is strategies relates to the local parish, because that's where yeah. we focus. However, then I'm going to back it up with Excellent. some ideas for the individual man, right? So, so the first is every, the local parish needs to become a hub for healthy relationships. Okay. Uh, we have to recognize that our parishes are a, 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 at a deficit of men. Okay. There are 42% more never married women in church than never married men. Wow. Okay. Mm. And uh, I'm going to go into what that should mean for men in a moment. So when we talk to the parish, we talk about, they need to own that, right? If you want to increase the sacrament of marriage, you got to get more men showing up in church. Okay. That's that right. means the outreach and the, what you do both spiritually and in the church and what you do to attract men into the life of the church needs to be masculine and posture. Okay. And, and, um, uh, so we, we deploy something called the data informed full circle relationship ministry. It's our strategic framework. You might call it the form of our, of our service okay. to the local parish. Okay. It, and, uh, the way it's animated is what we call is a four step approach uh, called the ministry engagement ladder invitation into outreach. Okay, uh, outreach is 90% fun, 10% enrichment. We're not inviting them to as, as awesome as, as uh, adoration is as a first step. That's <laughs> the, those most distant from the church. That's not the yeah. best first step, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's 90% fun, 10% enrichment, then, then into ongoing engagement, which is 70-30 fun to enrichment, and then uh, into the, the growth journey, which is, is where life change most frequently happens. Uh, it's a, Got it. something programmatic on skills ministry. So uh, we worked with a great church uh, out in Kansas City in Kansas. Uh, they, um, uh, they were leaning in on this and they said, how do we get more? We got to get more men. So we worked with them on an outreach called Craft and Draft Night. Okay. It was craft okay. soda, craft beer, and the NFL draft. Okay. Um, and, uh, and there was enrichment there. There was stuff that wasn't just uh, fun, but yeah. we were doing something to draw in 
young men and it worked, right? There was a huge number of single men in their late 20s, early 30s who showed up uh, to the parish for the very first time, right? So Love it. Uh, when, when, when we talk with truth, a lot of times somebody inevitably in, in the leadership team will say, well, what if we do a Christmas bazaar or a, um, a, a, a flea market? I said, well, then I'm not coming and neither are any of the guys. Like they're not That's showing right. up to either of those things. We got to think, and, and, and churches are inverted nightclubs, okay? Yeah. Uh, at a night, the nightclub has, uh, you'll never see uh, no cover for men or men drink free. And the good yeah, reason, yeah. the reason for that is, is the men are there shopping for what they want, unfortunately. And mm. so they're, the nightclub owner is being creative at trying to get women to show up. Okay. And I, and I tell pastor that doesn't mean you get a velvet rope out in front of the church, but we need to be creative yeah. about what will cause young men to show up. Okay. And, and so when we work with the church, we work with them for three years, and they have a, a, an individual church strategist who is their Sherpa walking with them. And, and then we provide a world-class marketing outreach services for the parish drawing folks in. So, so that's the church. I, I can go more into anybody's interested in learning more. You can go to community.org. Yeah. Um, uh, they can uh, contact us at questions at community.org. Um, and, and we can get in touch with somebody and talk about it, you know, whether or not it makes sense for your local parish. Okay. Then with, with men. Okay. First is we have to recognize, okay, our parishes are major, our majority, they're, they're more young women than men. Yes, they are. That's right. Okay. Okay. So, so, so it's critical to Estovir. We have to be a man. Okay. Um, that, that means, um, uh, one of the problems, so there's a great book called Datanomics, written not by a believer, John Berger, who's a, a, okay. a fortune writer, and recognizing that that we're hurt. Men are hurt when they're in the minority, okay? And and not in a way that most men immediately think. It's like, there's a lot, okay. of, men, there's a lot of ladies here. Okay? Yeah. This is great. But it actually uh, uh, inhibits our choice, okay? Because there's so many options. Uh, we are paralyzed uh, by choice. Okay, mm. and uh, there's even faithful young men who who uh, are paralyzed by a consumer. I talked about this recently at the National Catholic Singles Conference. I, I said uh, that we're paralyzed by choice. We approach relationships uh, as a uh, with, through consumerism, which John Paul II rightly condemned. Um, yeah. That that we treat other the other as a as a product as as a, as a, a thing fact. rather than as as a person. Okay, and. Um, uh, you see this in dating apps, right? You just keep sweeps, swiping because there could be somebody else there. Maybe you had a date and that person, it could be, yeah, it could be nice. But, you know, there's somebody always better. I'm going to definitively say there will always be someone better. I, I, I always jokingly, I joke about my wife um, and, and she knows I, I, I say it's like, look, um, thanks be to God I found my wife. She made me who I am uh, in so Amen. many ways. It made me a much yeah. uh, uh, more faithful uh, uh, a person uh, than, than I ever than I would have been without her. Okay, she could have found another man who would have been good for her. Okay, and um, and vice versa. There will always be other choices. Okay, yeah. and 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 that paralyzes someone from making a great choice. Okay, mm-hmm. because the person that you choose will be a great choice if you've discerned well, if you follow through that, those, those five dimensions of attachment, right? If that yeah. person, if you ask the question, am I a better version of myself with this person? Okay, am I a, uh, am I, is this person bringing me closer to God or further from her? If those que- answers are uh, closer to God, okay, am I a better version of myself? Okay, uh, have I, uh, do I really know this person? Can I then trust, rely, and commit to this person in order and progression over time? If those answers are yes. We have to stop uh, with this idea of, 
of a never-ending buffet of people out there. There's 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 billions of people in the world, okay, yeah. and the the uh, the FOMO is real, and it affects our consumerism mentality and relationships, and we have to I think identify that with our within ourselves, and and um, and understand that uh, that it is getting in the way of me being able to commit as a man. Yeah. And and uh, and 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 recognize it and overcome it and um, and and then ask the question. Right. I had a great conversation with some somebody, a young man recently who had a, a wonderful girlfriend uh, from college, recently graduated from a Newman Guide school and was thinking, you know, I got to assemble all this cash. I got not. I got to pay off these debts. I got to be, That's right. be prudent. I got to be in a better place. Yeah. Okay. Pretty had a full-time job and, and, um, uh, I sort of identified these things in him and we we're just through conversation. And I said, you will never, there will never be a good time. Objectively speaking to become a dad, yeah. a husband and a dad. Okay. Uh, and men tend, we do our best work when we have purpose and mm. and if, if this young lady is someone that 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 brings you closer to the Lord as a result of this relationship, makes you a better version of yourself. If 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 she comes uh, from a family where in this particular situation uh, there weren't red flags in, in family of origin, and I, I said, what are you waiting for? Like it's like what? And you've been together yeah. for multiple years in college. What are we waiting for? Let's go and. Um, uh, and, uh, the, the parent of this, uh, young man shared with me like, uh, that, that, uh, that apparently they're moving in the direction of, of, of engagement now. Right. And, nice. and so, um, so we, we, uh, I think we, as parents, we have to recognize when do we subtly discourage our, our sons, uh, uh, and, 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 and move this mindset when we don't even realize yeah. it. It's a capstone marriage has been around for about 38 seconds of human history. Okay. Like, I mean, you're talking about like around the year 2000, we made this shift and the fruit has been unilaterally bad. Yeah. Uh, We have the epidemic of loneliness starts to be identified in 2008. Life expectancy is going down and life expectancy Mm -hmm. is going down just because of the the fruit of loneliness, which is also actually the fruit of not being married. Okay. The Surgeon General's advisory in May and 2023 issued another advisory on loneliness. Okay. If you fit into the public health definition of being lonely, you are uh, going to have a lifespan that is likely 15 years shorter than someone who is not considered lonely. Okay. When we did our survey in that nationwide study I I referenced, uh, and again, anybody can download it at community.org backslash study. In there, we found those who go to church, only 22% of them are lonely. But then when you peel that back, okay, the married people, only 15% of the married in church are considered lonely by a public health definition. But 50% of the single in church. And the loneliest people in church are not, you would think, the elderly and the widow. Okay, no. The, the loneliest group of widows are between the age of 50 and 59 widows. Okay, lonelier okay. than them. Lonelier than them are those who have never married in their 30s. Okay, are lonelier than the loneliest group of widows. It's because yeah, it is not a natural part of the human condition. We are, yeah. we are, we are meant to be in a family. Uh, we're social creatures. Okay, and uh, and the world is has 
sold a false bill of goods uh, yeah. that you can that you can uh, that were intended to be um, uh, sort of. Uh, moving from one sexual partner to another sexual partner, go yeah. uh, seek after uh, money, uh, uh, material things, uh, fun experiences. Go to brunch on Sunday morning. Don't go to church on Sunday morning, right? Mm. You know, all those kinds of, of 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 mindsets are producing the terrible uh, life and health outcomes that we're seeing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I want to actually uh, go back because. You mentioned the three different types of um, 90-10 and then 70-30, and then uh, the, you mentioned something that was the deeper. I didn't write it down or anything. But um, So is a parish able to work on all three of those levels within men's groups simultaneously, or is it a progression that they move towards? Uh, yes. Well, we, we talk about our model, that data informed full circle relationship ministry is a holistic yeah. model for the life of the church. Uh, you create a, a, a parish, implements it with metrics, goals, like you have it set out a goal that, Love that it. you try to hit in terms of growing the number of people coming to mass on Sunday, growing the number of people who are consuming relationship skills, right? I always, a big emphasis on, on numbers. And sometimes it causes people in a parish to say, Ooh, I don't know about, about all this focus on goals and numbers, it, it takes sure. away from the Holy Spirit. I, I, that, that is a that is. I will be candid. It is uh, a cowardly way of backing away from accountability. Uh, Acts two. Somebody counted that three thousand were baptized that day. You cannot Amen. tell me the Holy Spirit does not care about numbers. The Holy Spirit cares about numbers. Okay. Uh, right. The parable of the talents. Okay. Uh, right. different, different people are given different talents. And then the master's going to come home and he wants to return. And you don't just turn back to the master and say, I don't know, I was just kind of leaving it up to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has given, is, is works in and through us, okay, frequently, yeah. right? And, and God wants us to love him with all of our mind, heart, soul, and strength, right? And that, that mind part is key of it, right? So, okay, yeah. with, with that said, um, uh, you need to have the goals. Okay. So those, th so when we work with the church, when you get those goals, that's a three-year goal. And we want to see the church create a written plan. And we work with the parish to design a written plan informed by our ministry engagement ladder that has all three mm -hmm. elements repeating over the course of the, of the next three years, right? So you're drawing yeah. people in at each stage. Okay. And you're helping them matriculate up that ladder of engagement within the okay. parish, right? And, and ultimately Thanks. the end goal of which is always to, more authentically encounter the God-Man Jesus Christ, right, and to deepen in your and, and to become a disciple. In the path, one of the big things we we, we I, I always emphasize is the best pathway frequently in the life of the church to advance the gospel has been through ministry around felt need. Okay, yeah. so in sub-Saharan Africa, we don't usually just show up and run chirp. Okay, mm -hmm. you don't no. run <laughs> chirp in in, yeah. in in South Sudan. Okay, you're going to go in there and you're going to actually de de uh, there's starving people there's not enough uh, clean water there's not good agricultural yeah. techniques and you go in and you serve around a felt need and that earns you, you creates a relationship of trust and through that relationship of trust you can draw somebody in to a, a, a catechetical or didactic relationship right. that, where they want to learn and understand the truths of the faith and they want to know why you love them like you love them okay yeah. and this has always been you know, in our country we don't uh, have distended stomachs from malnutrition in that in the right. way that sub-Saharan Africa has. Okay, but what we have is in so many ways worse. Uh, 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 the uh, Mother Teresa 
uh, uh, said famously in 2004 that loneliness was the scourge of the West, and it's worse than, the, than uh, or the plague of the West, she says. Loneliness is a plague of the West, and it's worse than our poor in Calcutta. Um, uh-huh. and, um, and, and so, uh, so a parish can, so we work with the church. Uh, we've developed an entire ministry toolbox uh, for the, the local parish on deploying that 10%, 30% enrichment. Okay, the types yeah. of relationship skills, activities that can be done. You don't need to have a you know, master's of divinity. You don't have to have a family no. life certification. Okay, we can help you do it um, uh, so that, and, and here's a, a big thing that is impo- critically important for a Catholic audience to understand. is What we usually want to do is we want to lecture to you. We want to didactically teach, and I am yeah. inclined to love this. I love, the, I'm a very huge scholastic fan, right? Um, yeah. Of the scholastics, excellent. not the publisher. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, um, and so, so w- w- nobody became great at golf by watching the masters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody is going to become holy by listening to us, to a, a good homily. A good homily yeah. can help orient them to other things, but we have to engage in the spiritual disciplines to grow in holiness. Right. Amen. And that means practice. It means practical application rubber meets the road we got to do the things that make us holy okay that's right and and of course um, the holy spirit is constantly calling us and giving us the grace to do these things in marriage i don't be, i'm not going to become great at marriage because i listen to some great talk from somebody okay yeah. i have there are there's an entire field now of marriage and relationship education there's skills i talk about in the book endgame five interpersonal five intrapersonal skills that are known and knowable okay uh, uh, we've built an entire catalog of exercises that a parish can grab them from each of those 10 skill areas and and be able to um, uh, to help their people at fun events, fun and engaging events, right? You want to make relationship ministry something people want to run to rather than run from, right? Like yeah. the hardest thing you can do is get any grown adult to go to a class on anything, right? And yeah. then trying to get a married man to do something to like to do a class on his marriage. It's like splitting the atom. That's okay. right. One, I'd say to uh, to any of your listeners, uh, you need to get that out of. We need to get that out of our own system. That's a choice. But two, at the parish level, we have to remove the stigma of it by making relationship ministry, marriage ministry, uh, be masculine and posture, so that men want to be there. Uh, yeah. Make it fun and engaging. Okay, uh, and we work with parishes on that, and then deploy real substance. Because uh, the reality is, is eighteen percent of all married people in church on Sunday self-reported out of the nineteen thousand that they were struggling right now in their marriage. And um, there's a huge chasm. Women were 62% more likely to report struggling in their marriage than their husband. There's a lot of men sitting there on Sunday who think, gosh, this is great. I mean, what do I need to like, you know, there's, there's uh, this, you know, there's good food. There's, you know, sex periodically, like there's a warm bed. What, 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 you know, what's to complain about? And frequently uh, 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 men based on this data are less aware, right? 70% of all divorces are initiated. Uh, by the wife in the 30s, uh, uh, married women in their 30s and married men in their 30s have the biggest gap in marital expectation, right? Like meaning yeah. women are 109%, 109% more likely to struggle in their marriage than ma- than married men, mm-hmm. okay? And, um, and there's a lot going on in your 30s. Usually there's lots of young yeah. kids running around. And there's physical, there's, there's, uh, there's also, let's face it, um, second wave feminism has created this war, war in the, the mind of, of 
of most women where, where there's a tension between the vocation of motherhood and, 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 a, and a professional tension. For and sure. The church hasn't done a great job at the parish lo- local level of helping uh, husbands and wives navigate that. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so it, there's huge opportunity when I said felt need, huge opportunity. Uh, our church partners are seeing significant growth. My, uh, by just implementing this kind of approach, by inviting people around felt need. My brother's yeah. parish, I mentioned he's a Catholic pastor. He's one of our yeah. best clients. Uh, mm-hmm. their, their Sunday attendance is up over our two-year partnership from 1,400 Sunday attendees to over 2,000 Sunday attendees. Wow. Um, uh, they Praise are, God. Uh, folks are showing up, coming to, uh, to relationship ministry, activities, having fun. And you know what? Over time, they're showing up to Mass, too. Amen. And um, and and so our our, our churches can do uh, can uh, can uh, be relevant as evangelizers through uh, uh, feeding the vocation of marriage. Yeah, I'm so grateful. This is such excellent things to hear because it's yes, there's the 25, 35 year, but by using these appropriate KPIs, by using these appropriate metrics that you guys are, you can see the change. Two years growing up, six hundred. Um, you know, mass attendance, uh, is that's huge. There are small parishes that don't even have 600, you know, uh, mass attendance on Sunday. And so to see that in just a couple of years, thanks be to God. So JP, where can men find out more about you, the work you're doing and how maybe a challenge to them? I'd love for you to just, uh, challenge them to, uh, to bring this to their parish or to do something more, uh, have at it. Yes, I would, that would be I, I, okay. If you're listening, I would tell you download the study and get it to your pastor. Okay, yeah. so communio.org backslash study, download it, ask your pastor to read it yourself. It's not very long. Ask your pastor to read it and then uh, set up a time to talk to him about it. Say, look, yeah. I, uh, I want our parish to be part of the solution. I want to be a man of action. How, how can yeah. I help you? Okay, and then uh, uh, and then there's ten takeaways at the end of the study. Uh, you can set up uh, a meeting with some uh, one of our church engagement specialists uh, by uh, uh, reaching out to us, questions at communion.org, um, and, um, and get in touch with someone from our team. You can also do that once you download the study. Um, uh, we, can, we can additionally get in touch with you. Uh, so, uh, so I would encourage you to... Make no mistake, there needs to be a metanoia in most priests. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in all of us, we all need metanoia. Right. Um, and and on this specific thing, there is a there is a cognitive disconnect between um, between uh, the, the cognitive conscious understanding that marriage is the most important thing, and then in terms of acting on it, we don't act on it. Right. We allocate no, no capital to it. We we the, the average. Life of the parish is not oriented to it. It's, it's largely oriented to what I call the sacramental industrial complex, right? It, the normal rigmarole of CCD, RCIA, which is super important. But right. um, uh, based on the numbers, we're, it's not working based it's on the number of, 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 of folks. Uh, exactly. We, we, we need yeah. to go over and above uh, the, yeah. the, that. And so I, I, I would challenge uh, your audience, uh, own it in your uh, uh, Educate yourself, get that study, get your pastor to read it, meet with them, and then ask if we can be ask if we can be part of the solution. 
Amen. Well, thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. I'm going to drop all that in the show notes, including your book, um, so that if men are interested in uh, picking that up, they have easy access to it as well. So, JP, you are in our prayers. I'm sure Satan is is working against you hard, right? Because you destroy the family, you destroy the father, you destroy the family, you destroy society. Uh, we are aware of that. And, and praise be to God for your work that you are doing to change it. So thank you. Well, thank you for the prayers, and, and you're absolutely right. This is uh, this is uh, ground ground zero of of the, the fight for uh, for souls, and um, it's what Sister Lucia said that the final battle will be over marriage and the family. And right. uh, we 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 as a team pray every day. Uh, uh, the day needs to begin on uh, begin on our knees, and um, uh, ultimately, uh, any good that we do is only a result of uh, uh, of of our Lord doing it in and through us. So, so I thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, praise be to God. And as we end each of our episodes, be a man, be a saint.